Hey, everybody. It is your favorite digital mentors, Carrie and Ed uh, from Stand Up Retail. And we are back actually with a new kind of episode um, that we're pretty excited to share with you guys. We're actually launching um, some podcasts that involve guests and interviews from leadership that um, cover some really relevant topics today. Um, And what we're going to be covering actually today is super relevant, right, Ed? Um, I think it's uh, probably um, something that every leader, regardless of industry, um, finds themselves having to do every single day um, uh, in some way, shape or form. But we're going to be talking about change management and what it means to actually lead a team through change, the good, the bad or the ugly. Today we actually have a guest who is going, who works for an organization going through good change. So that's that's great to hear. But you know, most leaders probably feel like the change they have to help their teams navigate through is not good change. It's bad change. Um, and you know, thinking about the types of changes that just the retail sector, which is our specialty, um, has gone through. Like the retail industry has been through a ton of changes mm-hmm. over the last you know, just even few decades, heck, few years, you know, thinking about, you know, online shopping, you know, the rapid advancement of technology, like the customer expectation of speed of satisfaction, because now they can get things delivered within like a day, you know, it's easier to not leave your house than it is to go and shop at a store sometimes. So there's a lot of stresses on the brick and mortar retail industry just through something like digital commerce, an industry that was used to really working one on one with people and relying on people to to use their location as a way to kill time or treat themselves um, to something special, all of a sudden became filled with all of these unknowns. And all of those unknowns really weighed heavily on the people who worked within the physical locations, not just the leadership, but also, you know, their teams underneath the leadership, um, even down to the person who probably worked only four hours a week. You know, they worried, you know, is my job secure? You know, customers aren't coming in as often as they did. Um, Is my store going to stay open? Um, you know, what if they don't need me anymore, you know, and those stresses really can, um, become overwhelming, particularly to leaders who are trying to help navigate an entire team who might be feeling those feelings to the other side of the change, you know, even thinking about the pandemic, like that came on so quick that there were major, major changes that had to happen, you know, in a moment. Um, you know, they shut down entire stores um, mm-hmm. while an organization tried to figure out how are we going to reopen? Are we able to reopen? Will customers come back? Um, do we need as much merchandise if that's going to be the case? Should we focus more on on online selling and the digital side of our business and, and not yeah. so much on the stores? So again, the stress of having to go through not not even those changes. Think about all the safety protocols that ended up having to go into place, you know, based on governmental <laughs> regulations yep, exactly. and, uh, you know, the CDC. So managers these days or leaders these days have to take their teams through some pretty intense changes. Right, Ed? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean really. Boiling. 
Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, honestly, and you know, to your point, it can be exhausting and mm. overwhelming for anyone that works in these industries, yeah. you know, that are leading teams because, you know, now they have to, they have to deal with this constant change, you know, and, you know, they're dealing with change management and how it's actually become one of their primary roles in yeah. you know what probably feels like the primary thing. role exactly and you know and not for anything i mean they're they're dealing with this mm-hmm. along with still dealing with the conventional success metrics that they have to drive like driving sales and customer oh, yeah. experience you know these are the things that they get reviewed on annually you yeah. know change management was not one of them yeah you know so today you know we're going to tackle that topic of change management Mm -hmm. and can be a major cause of anxiety um Mm. dissatisfaction uh burnout burnout is a common one for leaders within this industry but you know one of the one of the other things about change management is that it's not always about the bad part of the business. You know, there are yeah. some businesses that saw growth and, you know, not just, you know, simple growth, but rapid growth and expansion during this time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's so- like the same stresses, you know, because it's more, it, it's really about the skill of being able to take your team through big changes right versus you know if they're bad changes or good changes like the stress is almost the exact same yeah it's exactly the same i mean when you think about it some of these industries like you know uh home improvement Mm -hmm. home goods home furnishings uh even the remote technologies you know because people are now working home remotely so some of these industries they saw rapid mass growth and you you had managers or leaders that were dealing with smaller teams you know they don't have the same amount of teams or there's someone trying to manage a team remotely and it's it's completely different yeah so you're dealing with this change management process of trying to get through this process um and still be successful yeah you know so we're happy that you know we have a guest today that we're going to welcome to our podcast to talk through some of these types of challenges that you know as a leader themselves you know it they're seeing big change and even though the the big change is a good change it's still a rapid expansion growth we're going to discuss some of the tips and habits that um can help leaders Mm -hmm. out and guide them through these changes yeah i think it's a very relevant topic and um let's get right to the interview yeah Um, we are welcoming our first guest <laughs> to our podcast. It is Miss Joyce Foskin. Um, welcome, Hi. Joyce. Welcome, Joyce. <laughs> we're Thank so excited. Yeah, we're so excited to have you. Um, and I've had the personal pleasure of working with Joyce for over five years um, in the role that I had previous um, to being coming a digital mentor. Um, and she was a leader who worked on a team um, in a location that I led. And um, But rather than me go on about how awesome she is, um, Joyce, why don't you tell everyone just a little bit about your history in retail, your history in leadership, um, and tell us what you think your leadership specialty is. What skill you feel you're the strongest at? 
So I started retail when I was 15 um, as a seasonal associate. And then I kind of moved on to big box department stores. Um, mm -hmm. Started at a department lead and moved up to the highest ranking of a sales manager. Um, and I also worked for the biggest uh, department store in the U.S., oh. which that put me into perspective of where I am today of mm -hmm. learning gotcha. leadership and doing the coaching. My specialty is coaching and behavioral based. Mm -hmm. um, I feel comfortable that way, having that one-on-one -on -one with right. um, the sales associates. I do um, do everything else. I do operations. I do um, everything that you know merchandising and and everything else like that but mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. but what my my key is the customer service portion and being connected with the sales team yeah i always had gotcha. that draw to the sales team and making sure that they are providing the the best customer experience Gotcha. So I will 100% agree that that is <laughs> Joyce's uh, specialty um, and yeah. her strong suit. Um, her soft skills are second to none. Um, and when I had the pleasure of working with Joyce, you know, she always drove the best customer metrics. Um, the customers really got the type of experience um, and became returning customers and actually would look for members of her team um, because she had um, develop them um, with the right mindset to put the customer right. first, but also to be extremely professional and make people feel like family at the same time. Um, but one of the things that Joyce does really, really well is she connects with her direct reports differently. She's That's an awesome. extremely yeah. empathetic leader and understands each person on her team. Um, and what what she was very, very good at and was able to see the results from quicker than a lot of other leaders was that she was able to kind of personalize her coaching. Um, so That's she incredible. she knew how yeah. each person learned. Um, and if they needed to improve something, she would work one on one with them to improve um, either that behavior or, you know, get a change in that metric. And um, she was able to do it quicker than a lot of people because of her strengths at connecting with her team. So. Right. Perfect. I'm so glad you brought it up because then I didn't have to bring it up. Um, but Ed, I'm sure love the fact that you you also are really strong in operations. I Joyce is do. one of those. She's one of those crazy managers who actually really <laughs> likes inventory, even though it makes yeah. her very tired. Yeah, I'm with yeah. you, Joyce. That's yeah, me. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. from that. I'm that operations world person. So yeah. yeah. So. Joyce, when I reached out to you to join us on the podcast, you I asked you to think about what you wanted to talk about, like what topic you thought was really important um, for to discuss that a lot of leaders out there, um, not even just in retail, but in any service industry or probably even in the corporate world and office office environment. Um, I asked you to think of what topic you wanted to talk about, and you told me change management. And I said, yeah. all right, but why, why do you want to talk? Why do you want to go into a discussion about leading teams through change? Why, why, why was that the topic you chose? Because the company I'm working for now uh, grew the last three years. They went from probably about 50 stores all the way up to 150 in wow. the of three years. Wow. Even during so the pandemic. It started off as a mom and pop. 
And then, you know, with no structure, you know, they have limited goals. They've just sold to the customer. Um, management kind of focused on tasks not mm-hmm. more of driving the customer experience yeah mm-hmm. um, but now that it's growing they're learning this company's learning um to put a structure in all the stores the same time you know yeah. like everybody doing the same thing yeah and now mm-hmm. it's all about driving the metrics it's all about driving the controllables it's all about um, the customer experience. So, you know, it's not just teaching the team, it's teaching the management staff where these changes are going. And yeah. it can be overwhelming. Uh, um, yeah, <laughs> I'm, sure it's a, I'm sure it's a culture uh, shock for everyone. Yes, and, and because I came from a department store that was doing this for years, right. I can understand that change and kind of explain to my peers what's going on you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um but it's just where my challenges are um is where am i in all of this change you know what i mean am i willing to grow into this company that is growing but how do i say hey here i am you know right. what I mean? For right. <laughs> I want to move up, but you know, we're going through this corporate change right now. You know? Yeah. 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 Come see me, you know. But <laughs> it's just it's just building that confidence in me. Yeah. You know, yeah. overall. So yeah. But. I think change management is a very relevant topic for leaders, yeah. um, particularly now coming out of the pandemic. Um, or still in the pandemic, depending on, um, you know, how you really look at it. Um, But I think, you know, there's good change, there's bad change, and then there's real ugly change. (laughs) And, you know, I think, you know, when we ask, um, I think Ed's going to have you take us through um, a couple of things in a second. But, um, you know, when we asked you about this topic, the, the things we discussed before coming in to record this um, are relevant for not just leaders who are going right. through good change. Like what your company is going through is very good change. You're having yeah. rapid growth, everyone's making more money. Um, yeah. But with that, you're not probably adding a lot of new staff. You're yeah. just you're just asking the same group of people to do a lot more and a lot of things that they're not used to doing. So yeah, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that feeling is the same if you're a leader taking a team through bad change, like yeah. slashing staff sizes or, um, you know, potentially even closing locations or, you know, the company has decided to completely rewrite their, you know, corporate mission. Um, based on changes due to the pandemic or supply chain issues or what have you. So that feeling of, oh my gosh, how do I get it all done? Yeah. How do I help my people get through this big change? Like, it doesn't matter if you're going through good change, bad change, or real ugly change. It's it's the same feeling. So I love this topic. Um, I'm really excited to kind of dig in a little bit more to it. Yeah, so am I. 
So, you know, now that we're we're here, let's just jump right into it. So, you know, I know, Joyce, that you talked about the changes that your company is going in. And like Carrie said, some of it is great changes. And um, there will be some leaders out there that may be going through the same thing that you were doing. So um, what are some of the challenges that you're finding that you're dealing with when you're trying to help a team adjust to how your company wants to operate and and with the new growth and the expansion and everything i i feel my challenge is you know um as a a leader and other Mm -hmm. leaders in my company how we can grow and move forward Mm -hmm. you know instead of being stuck i don't want to be stuck um because gotcha store is doing well yeah um but i want them to understand that I, I don't have the confidence to get to that next level. I mm-hmm. feel like I have to stay where I am to build mm-hmm. my store. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's it's running smoothly, but in the back of my mind, I feel like they want to keep me there because I'm running everything. Well. Gotcha. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a big um, stress. Yeah, I that's think a, that's people. a big. Yeah. That's a big one. The second one is um, my team. I have long term associates there you know mm-hmm. and change was huge for them mm-hmm. you know every time we trade we went from you know paper to tablets to you know so it's, it's like, a lot yeah it's a lot <laughs> yes, and i mean yes. you don't think about the little things like changing from paper going to tablets or electronic will yeah. have a big culture shock on someone but it does yeah yeah, yeah. And, and you have the the, the people who have been there for 20 years that yeah are not as tech savvy as the rest of the team you know uh, very familiar uh, with that <laughs> with that change yep. and then supporting them with the new metrics and right um making them understand what this change is about to move them forward to actually be different from any other retailer that we're you know that's our competitor yeah um, to to do that customer experience which i'm great at but it's just trying to teach them to understand where the company's going and gotcha. yeah as a negative effect to it yeah gotcha the third challenge for me is holding them accountable now that they have these controllables and metrics that um i'm trying to make them grow and, and make more money but mm-hmm. they 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 don't like the numbers. They don't like, right. you know. It feels micromanagey, right? Yes. Right. Yes, exactly. Like yeah. you're being nitpicky. Yeah. Like, why, you know, why are you, yeah. That's, are you it's it's tough because they're not yeah. used to that because it right. used to yeah. be like, well, that's not how we did it before and we were yeah. fine before. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like this change is a good change, but it's not because something was broken. Right. Like yeah. I think a lot of times change comes because the way a company operates isn't right. working. Um, yeah. And I think trying to be more consistent is um, it's a very vague thought. Right. Like it, it's right. hard for like people to say, well, you know, this location in the Midwest does it this way, but this location in the Northeast does it this way. And they're both getting great results, but they're getting it differently. And then it's weird, (laughs) you know? So it's a very vague 
topic, especially when yeah. you've got long service people saying, what do you mean? I've been right. doing it this way for 20 years. Why do I have to change? So, yeah, um, exactly. And then I think also as a leader trying to figure out, especially when your team, when your company is going in a new direction and trying to advance things, when you're trying to hold a team accountable is how do you hold them accountable without becoming a manager of the process and become yeah. more of a director and just directing people to do stuff as 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 tour as you know where you're not like actually teaching mm -hmm. you know yeah. if you will yeah. yeah well i think those three challenges are very relevant to pretty much all leaders out there um you yeah. know yeah especially if there's a lot of change happening, um, you tend to become task-driven directors of the process of, of getting through the change. Like, okay, I have to run this training program. I have to teach them about this. I have to then, you know, do X, Y, Z. And you become very process-driven. But mm -hmm. in that process, you do lose sight of yourself a lot of times um, yeah. Yeah. because you're focused on the task. Um, yep. versus, you know, the, the talent. Oh, yeah. I am yeah. the queen yeah. of catchphrases. So <laughs> that's a good one. That was a good one. Um, all right. So let's, let's just dig right in challenge. Number one, like, what are some things that, um, we can do? Like, what do you think, Ed? Well, I definitely think, um, when you're looking at challenge, number one is how do you not get lost in everything that's going on and you lose yourself? as far as what your plan is or your own personal growth. So I would definitely say is that this is the part where you make sure that your efforts and you yourself is being seen. You need to be your own best advocate and advocate for yourself when it comes to whether it's visits, whether it's, um, you know, to your boss or, you know, to a, your boss's boss or three times up that you want to always make sure that you're visible, but you also want to make your intentions known. Yeah. Everyone needs to know that Joyce loves doing what she does and she likes where she is, but Joyce also has a plan for herself. Mm -hmm. Joyce wants to move forward. Jo Joyce wants to grow with the company, but mm -hmm. she also still wants to be an advantage where she is. Yeah. Um, so I definitely think that is the point. That part right there is the most important part. But then also knowing within your company, because I think also here is where we get scared to put that out there because we're afraid, well, if I move, what happens to the team? What, yeah. what, what would it look like if I leave? Will they stop doing all the good stuff that I spent all the time or will they leave? putting in there? Or yeah, will, will they, they leave? leave? <laughs> yeah. So I think that you start thinking about those things a lot. But I think that, first of all, if your team is bought into you and your plan, then it's important that you find out what is the secession plan? It's okay to ask your boss, you know, if I do grow and I do move forward, what's next? You know, who moves into my place? What does that look like? How do I prepare my team that's performing well for the secession that we have planned? And if there's not a secession, how do I help with that secession? Is that yeah, secession yeah. plan, is it internally or is it externally from another location? Uh, mm -hmm. coming in and how do we partner to make sure that this transition is smooth mm -hmm. so i think those are the two key points to that challenge that you may be feeling there 
what would you say is is standing in the way? What do you think the biggest obstacle to your confidence is right now? Is it finding the opportunity to tell people what you want or is it your worry that there isn't a plan so they're just le- yeah. they're just keeping you there because yeah. Yeah. there's no plan? Um a little bit of both. I think you think the com- <laughs> I think the thought in my head I don't want to fail. You know, right. That's yeah. The yeah. I thing. think we all carry that. Yeah. 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 And you wanna you wanna be successful, but what if I fail? What's what's gonna right. happen? You know. Yeah. I, I don't wanna think that, but you know. Well, that that, that can be a big it. weight. You yeah. know, that can be a really big weight, and I think you know, a lot of people feel stuck. Mm-hmm. because they they lack the confidence because they really don't understand they're ready because they're waiting for somebody to tell them they're ready. Yeah. You know, um, you know, I have I could probably I would need two hands to to count the number <laughs> of people that I approached yeah. who didn't think they were ready. Right. But yeah. who were ready, um, yeah, who didn't yeah. have the confidence. Um, but I. I I saw something. Right. When you're in a company that actually is going through a major change, a lot of times the people up above you yeah. don't have time to find that spark. Right. Yeah. So that's what happens I think when people feel stuck is that, you know, you nobody's tapped you on the shoulder yet, so you worry that that means you're not ready. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. I'm here to kind of tell you that that's not the case. Um, but the confidence that to get to that next level really has to come from you being your own best advocate and also being, I think a little vulnerable in saying, you know, these are my strengths. This is what I currently do. I feel like I could step right into another location and yes, I'd need to learn some things, but I think I could do a really good job. You know, what do you think? That last little question, those, yeah. what do yeah. you think? Those four words are really yeah. scary yeah. to ask, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Because you worry that someone's going to say, well, you don't do this. You don't do this. You don't right. do this. You exactly. don't do this. And you're like, ah, but yeah. nobody yeah. told me I had to. So I think yeah. we have to kind of take our development into our own hands. We got to take back some of that control, particularly after the pandemic where so few people are doing so much, they don't have time to notice the little things, you know, like we used to do. So, but I think- think, Oh, go ahead, Karen. No, go, I'm I'm done. I was gonna say, I think going back to your point about being, being vulnerable, you need to have that vulnerability and you also need to be comfortable in the fact that, you know what, you might fail. But if yeah. you do fail, be comfortable in the failure and learn from it. Yeah. yeah. And that and will make you I'm better not, and move yeah, on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've, 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 you know, got up, brushed myself off. And yep. Kind of exactly. You know, and that's, I think that's, mistakes, yeah. And that's how you should look at the next challenge. When you move yeah. forward, know that there are going to be times where you may slip or whatever, but you're going to learn from it. You're going to brush it off and you're going to move on. Yeah. 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 So challenge number two, you said was, um, how do I, how do I actually take all of this newness yeah. and, and roll it out to my people 
in a way that it makes sense and that they can um, understand and that they see the big picture. You know, like yeah. you, I think you mentioned the fact that you, you, you were good at each of the individual things, teaching each of the individual things, but maybe linking it all back to what the company was really trying to right. accomplish yeah, um, yeah. was a struggle. So yeah. um, let's, let's just kind of talk about that. I mean, I think we both worked for a company that had a ton of systems in place and protocols right. and processes. All three of us worked for the yeah. same organization, yeah. Yeah. Um, just in different locations. Yeah. And, um, you know, there, I think some of us would argue that they had too many processes in place and that yeah. we sometimes process gets overcomplicated. Yeah. Um, and I think that might be some of what you, you might be worried about is that you're yeah. like, I remember doing this before and it was a challenge, you know? Oh, yeah. And I think my biggest tip on being able to do that um, effectively is make sure that you really understand the end goal, the big, big end goal. Yeah. Um, and I think you brought it up um, yeah. that you will be different than any of your competitors. Um, yeah. And it gives you an advantage in the marketplace. Right. Mm -hmm. But you also said, what's in it for your team? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think by showing them the big picture, but taking the big picture and relating it back to how it's going to help them either make more money or have a longer career or have yep. more job stability or yep. be guaranteed that their job's not in jeopardy, like being able to find the why it's important to them for the mm -hmm. big picture, not just mm -hmm. like if you sell an extra, you know, few extended warranty plans, you're going to make more commission, you know, yeah. like taking that and showing how it's relevant to each person um, is right in your wheelhouse. Right. I know it's a challenge, exactly. but I think it's, it's something that, you know, empathetic leaders like yourself are really strong at is understanding what's important to each person. And yeah. it just means that you need to figure out how do I explain it the right way to this person. Um, yeah. And to do that, you have to have a system. Yeah. yeah. Especially if you're rolling out five new metrics and all this <laughs> new reporting and a new development plan. And I have to have different touch bases. Like as the senior leader in a location, you know, regardless of what your title is, if you're a senior leader and you lead people, um, you have to be confident in whatever system is there, right. that it makes sense so yes. that you can execute it with confidence because when you right. execute it with confidence the people who see you doing that automatically trust it yeah exactly that's the that's the key <laughs> i think that if you believe in the system and you understand how the system works and you've taken the time to study and know exactly where it is that the company is going in this new direction and you're able to articulate that to your yeah. team, the comfort level of where they are comes down. It's hard, yeah. it starts to even out because they're like, okay, well, Joyce is comfortable with it. She thinks this is a good thing. And because your mm -hmm. team trusts in you, they'll yeah, trust yeah. in what it is that you're trying to relay to them as far as a new structure or a new organization that your company is, is laying down. 
yeah. think yeah. prioritizing is key, you know? Yeah. Exactly. You know, you know what your strengths are, so you're automatically going to be comfortable in those strengths. Yeah. Um, but I think if you have five new metrics and five different processes and, you know, different touch bases and using different forms or, or what have you, like just because the company itself is making consistent changes and trying to get everybody on the same page does right. not mean that you can't personalize how you roll it out to your team. Right. Um, because every every team is different, every leader is different, every location is different. The end goal has to be the same, but how you prioritize or the system that you make to roll it out, you may opt to say, I'm going to tackle these three things first. Right. Um, and then go into these two, um, which might be different than someone else. The end goal is the same, but, you know, I think, you know, time management and prioritization, in addition to making that kind of system so it makes sense for your team, um, are, are probably the, the quickest tips that I could think of. Um, yeah. I mean, Joyce, do you think um, if you had a really, like you're big in organization, like she loves yeah. inventory. <laughs> so <laughs> you're good at organizing things. Yeah. You know, do you think that the system that you have now could use some tweaking to make it more effective for your team? I think, I think so. I mean, it, I don't want to be, you know, just the, just writing things down. I want right. to be more one-on-one, -on -one, uh -huh. especially with um, learning what it's, it's a teaching and a learning moment. Like mm -hmm. when I'm right. coaching somebody, is this going to work? What is going to work with this person? What is going to work with that person? Yeah. Is it successful? Take those away and add it to my next team. You yep. know what I mean? And kind of move that way. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you have to you have to do some initial teaching before you can actually hold people accountable, because otherwise you're working on the assumption that everyone has the same skill level. Right. Yeah. Which, you know, as any leader will tell you, you know, not everybody like they might say, yes, I understand what you mean, but um, they're all going to they might do it 10 different ways. Yeah. You know, fold this shirt. Yep. Guarantee you, <laughs> you'll get you you'll get ten, 10 different, different <laughs> random people <laughs> how to fold a shirt. You're going to get ten different ways to fold yep. a shirt. Exactly. Um, and you know, I think it's it's very similar when you think about people's skills. So, yeah. um, but you br brought up accountability, and I think that was yeah. um, was that her third topic. That was the third topic. You wanted yeah. to talk about how holding a team accountable to a new structure without it being negative or or distractive or destructive. So, mm -hmm. you know, I think with this one, the tip that I would have for you is definitely um, to your point is you want to take each individual person and in, because you're going to know their strengths and weaknesses after you've gone through assessing and, and making yourself confident with what it is that you're going to teach this team or the new structure that you're going to roll out to this team is that now you need to you need to factor in how do I 
after I've explained this, now how do I hold them accountable for it? So this is more of your follow-up stage is where you're gonna follow up with them on the information, check with everyone's comfort level. How are you feeling? How is this working for you? Do you understand the process of what we're going through? Take their feedback. This becomes like that listening stage. Yeah, um, yeah. This is easily that trap that you know a lot of leaders fall into because they get caught up in all the change themselves and, and also trying not to lose themselves in it, that they become very directable, as I said earlier. Mm -hmm and they become they become more of managers of the process as opposed to being leaders yeah. through the process. So you definitely want to keep in mind that this is that part where you're you're going to teach um, that you're teaching and you're using these teaching moments to show them how, as Carrie said earlier, how it benefits them or the with them, what do they get out of it? What's in it for them? And when it comes to that, you definitely, this is the important part because you want to keep them invested. So this mm -hmm. is the part where you don't want to lose them. You don't want to lose their belief in it. And so following up with them is definitely key to this part. I mean, I think, yeah. you know, Joyce, you, you hit the nail on the head you know, in the last couple of, well, particularly the last challenge, you said, you know, you, you want it to be about the people, right. You know, and making sure that they really understand, um, what's going on yeah. and like, yeah. you can layer accountability into it. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. but, but I think maybe it's not necessarily telling someone, you know, words matter. Yeah. You know, that's that's I'm sure it's a phrase Joyce has heard Carrie say yeah. as a as a boss many, many times. Yeah. yeah. Words matter. Um, and sometimes the word accountability doesn't need to be used. Right. When you're when you're taking people through change, mm -hmm. like you're not going to go to someone and say, I have to hold you accountable to, you know, add new clients. Right. Yeah. You know, why are you not doing this like that? Like. There's a there's a way that you can actually follow up with somebody that layers okay. in accountability, but you know maybe it's more about a touch base. Yeah, yeah, exactly. you know, um, like Joyce. I think the the organization you work for now has a structure where you have a review of an individual's uh, performance once a month, but then yeah. you have smaller sessions throughout the month. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Weekly touch bases would be key, especially yeah. with all this newness going on. Right. Um, I find that, you know, if you have those one-on-ones, they'll listen more instead of pulling right. them aside and doing those quick two-minute drills, you know what I mean? Right. So, right. so just that one-on-one, -on -one, see where you're going, you know, try to hit it, um, discuss with them the their opportunities before you know it, it's always the thinking of let's stop the bleeding <laughs> you know what I mean yeah I think I heard that a lot yeah yeah <laughs> putting out fires stop the yeah. stop the bleeding um yeah. <laughs> you know I think the one question that I would have that I would kind of put out there to both you Ed and to and to Joyce is you know making sure like do you have a goal in mind of when you right. want to see 
Oh yeah, change. that's definitely key. You know, yeah. be, you know, or are you getting some sort of commitment? Mm-hmm. You know, when you are having these touch bases, you know, are they committing to try to do things right. differently or, you know, are you working together to come up with a plan mm-hmm. you know, that involves yeah. not just Joyce doing all the work to help them, right. but also that they're putting in some work to try and help themselves be better. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, ma- I'm trying, like, are, I'm- do you have a system in place where you can like have like a time frame to say like, you know, I, I, I I want you to try this for the next couple of weeks, you know, and then, you know, we'll see how it goes. Usually I do it weekly, but I don't, if there's a little momentum of it going up a little bit, that's, that's a success for me. Right. But yeah, I'm thinking the next couple of weeks, instead of being, you know, let's check every week because sometimes we have bad weeks, you know? So, you know, I, you're in New England. Sometimes blizzards happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. And being consistent. I think yeah. if it's consistent and not just like this up and down, up and down, up and down, you right. know, it's so it's like when I'm not coaching you, you're going down. But when I'm coaching you, you're going, you're going up. up. You know what yeah. I mean? Well, then so, that's all Joyce's work. That's not yeah. their work. Yeah, yeah, I know. But but still, it, it's just that I want them to keep those behaviors going you know yeah. what I mean mm-hmm. instead of saying oh no I'm not doing well I'm gonna do the behaviors but then I'm gonna fall short and not do them anymore you know right. what I mean because I did very well so and then yeah. they kind of get stuck back into their right. <laughs> habits so yeah I think yeah. with accountability Ed you know that time frame of like let's check back and see how you're doing with this in a week or in two weeks Mm -hmm. that right there in and of itself is a layer of accountability right that's different than saying i need you to do this right it has to get better you know that that's that's a negative type of accountability yeah versus let's check back and see you're giving somebody the opportunity right um and when you say, Hey, I've watched you for the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I, I haven't seen you do what you said you were going to do. I'm, I'm confused. Was it something that you didn't really want to do or, you know, and you can be that supportive manager to try and get them through that, but, Mm -hmm. um, still not be negative, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I think it's important to your point, Carrie, where you said like that when you, when you set a time that they understand that time frame that they have also they need to have ownership of that time frame mm-hmm. that you've given to them so that they are it's constantly in their mind that they know oh in two weeks i'm sitting down with joyce again you know let me let me take a look at where i'm at and what i need to do before we sit down again yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? I think if they have, because if they don't understand that there is a time frame, then Joyce controls the time frame. Yeah. And yeah, they yeah. they don't care because they they have no ownership in the time frame. Joyce owns all the time frame. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So and you know, I think, you know, just in wrap up, you know, I think the three challenges that you're running into that that are probably weighing the heaviest on you 
are very similar to challenges that a lot of leaders yeah. out there, not, you know, definitely leaders in retail feel these challenges. Mm -hmm. They feel lost. They feel like there's so much change. I don't know. I don't know right. what else to do. Um, it, it's just all consuming. And then like all of this change is going to be perceived as negative. Um, right. You know, Joyce, what would you say the top two takeaways are for you today after well, discussing the, your challenges? And, you know, being an advocate for myself is a big um, takeaway. Oh. You know, I never thought of going forward. I always waited for that tap on the shoulder. So, you know, just kind of seeing where my plan leads. And it doesn't have to be right away. Yeah. Um, like I said, I have uh, a daughter that in two years she'll be graduating. But just um, setting out my plan to say, right. okay, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to do this. But who's going to take my place? You know yeah. what I mean? Because I want to be confident leaving with somebody who with my team in good hands you know? right. right i think that the taking away that worry yeah automatically exactly. builds your confidence knowing that there's a plan and if yeah. there isn't helping to create helping a plan to create one. Yes. Um, yes. is it it takes some of that worry away because all of a sudden you have a little bit of control exactly um, the yeah. worry is because it's not in your control and you feel forgotten about and when you take back a little bit of that control, it feel your confidence is boosted so much, so yeah. very much. Um, yeah. And you know what they say, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Yeah. <laughs> What's your other takeaway? Uh, my takeaway is holding people accountable, you know, but not being negative about it. Because, you know, you always have this mind frame that holding people accountable is something negative. Um, it's just, you know, listening to their reasons and right. trying to work with them and support them mm -hmm. um, is a different aspect of saying you need to get this done. Right. You know what I mean? So I just want, you know, giving them, setting them goals, um, following up is key. You know, people don't, I can say, you know, do this and run away with it, but I'm never <laughs> going to follow up with you. But I think, you know, Ed, her two key takeaways are both amazing. Yeah, totally. Um, they're both real good. So yeah. I think, um, you know, in closing for new leaders or struggling leaders or any sort of a leader who's taking a team through change, mm -hmm. you know, don't forget about yourself. Yep. Um, make sure you're comfortable with the change, the system and be able to articulate it in a personalized way for your team. Yep, exactly. And then also really think of that accountability more as following up and supporting mm -hmm. them for positive change yep. instead of telling them. Yep, exactly. Right? The teaching versus telling. Okay. Anything else, Ed? No, I, this was a great topic. I love this. It was. Joyce. Joyce unfortunately had a little bit of technical difficulty at the end, um, but you know we'll, I'm sure we'll have her back on um, at a, a future date. Um, but as always, walk with a purpose. Remember, words do matter, but walk with a purpose wherever you are. Um, and this is Carrie and Ed from Stand Up Retail signing off. Bye guys. Bye guys.